You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 141. It is December 19th or 20th, depending on what when this gets posted, of 2017. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Here to talk about a Clash of Champions show. The name of the show doesn't make any sense. The show, <laughs> the show itself made very little sense. The show personally insulted both Liam and I uh, in the first, I don't know, 45 minutes or so that it was on. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, it was quite a record. And ultimately, it was just a waste of time. Um, but we're going to do... Uh, let's just get right into it. I don't, there's not a whole lot going on in the world of WWE right now. There's six weeks until the Royal Rumble, and Raw is just killing time, and they announced Brock and Kane and Braun in a three-way for the Royal Rumble for some uh, unknown reason. Uh <laughs> So and Jason Jordan's still doing some kind of storyline that it's like a slow turn that no one cares about. And Hideo Otami <laughs> de- debuted this week, and Drew Gulak's probably the best thing on that show. And it's on the two hundred five live show that uh, largely on the two hundred five live show that no one watches. And 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 it's six weeks till the next big Raw show. So not a whole lot to cover with Raw here, um, but this Clash of Champions show, my word. This is one of the worst. I don't know if it was actually one of the worst shows, but I had less fun watching this show than anything in recent memory in WWE. Am I missing anything, or was this was I just in a particularly bad mood, or was this a bad show? Um, I mean, <laughs> to me, it was it wasn't a good show, but I didn't think it was awful, which again is almost always kind of the problem. With uh, with a lot of the SmackDown exclusive pay per views, it seems especially is that there's not a lot of, uh, I mean, there's nothing. I didn't think there was a ton. I mean, we'll get to the stuff that was really bad that really annoyed us, but I mean, there's nothing. There wasn't like a minus five star match on the show. There wasn't a, you know, like some obscenely bad promo or anything. Like it was just it was just kind of boring, and every match felt like either something we've seen a million times or something that it just it just doesn't felt it just didn't feel important. Um, it just felt like it just felt like everything on this show felt like uh, every everybody on the show feels like they've been running in you know running in place for for months now, and part of that is because I feel like they started a lot of the feuds that were on this show. They started them like before the Survivor Series show. Or like during the build the Survivor Series, they were also building this, these feuds for SmackDown. So I've been watching AJ and Ginger feud for like ten weeks, and I've been watching, you know, Ziggler and Rude feud for like six lifetimes. And it's just yeah, just it was just boring. And I thought I didn't think it was terrible, but it's it was just it was it didn't. <laughs> there's no reason it had to happen. I guess how about that? That's fair. You know, it's not going to get any better next year because they're only they're doing fourteen pay per views next year. 
five Raw, five um, Dual Brand, and four SmackDown. So there's going to be like there's going to be stretches next year, a lot like this, where it's like eight or ten weeks in between brand exclusive shows, and where they're everything is just moving at a snail's pace, and they have all of this content to fill. And another mixed match show. I mean, I don't expect anything storyline wise really to be important on that Facebook exclusive show, but I just rolled my eyes when I saw the announcement of that. I mean, good for the company if they're getting more money for it, but oh my goodness, it's just more content. I need less content, not more. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really feels like, and I mean, for all the stuff that triple H says in interviews about how well we're, you know, we don't expect people to watch all of it. We we just want to give everyone variety and options. I mean, that's that's all well and good in theory, but there's really not, you know, there's not much difference if you watch a Raw. If I watch three hours of Raw, I'm kind of done with, with WWE for the week, I, and I, I generally haven't been coming back for SmackDown as regularly uh, unless they get a big match. So it's like if I watch Raw and or SmackDown and maybe NXT, do I really want to give another half hour of my life to watch the Facebook show, even if there's, you know, I'm sure there'll be good matches on it. I'm sure there are good matches on 205 Live. I'm sure there are, uh, there are good matches on Main Event or or Superstars, whichever one is still in the air. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's just too much. That's, I mean, not, not to mention all the, you know, the ride-alongs and, and stuff like that that they, they put on the network and table for threes and all those shows. Like, yeah, if, look, if I was immortal... If I was never going to die, <laughs> I would probably watch all of this because I would have the time. But there's only so much time in my life here in here in my youth, while I'm still in my youth, <laughs> that I want to spend watching professional wrestling, specifically WWE's version of professional wrestling. That's not even counting if you also want to follow New Japan or Ring of Honor or Evolve or any of these other groups. Uh, yeah, it's it's too much. It's definitely too much. The market is oversaturated. Ring of Honor, Dalton Castle won the title, and Cody did something weird to his hair. <laughs> that's that's final battle, right? Uh, and the Young Bucks did a drop kick thing. They got everybody mad or something. Uh, it got all the old timers mad. It got all you know. I think you could probably break this down. It's a it's a the wrestling equivalent of a political argument. It's like the conser- <laughs> the conservatives don't like this stuff, and everyone who's progressive and liberal uh, has uh, you know or has an ounce of creativity in their brain says this is just evolution. This is the evolution of an art form or the evolution of our society and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's not something to fight except that you got jim Cornette, who's a liberal who's you know staunchly against it. it's just so it's just the wrestling version of that argument where the old timers hate everything the young bucks do <laughs> even though i'm sure if you go back 30 years jim Cornette was doing stuff that the generation before him didn't like you know it's so yeah stupid. i mean i mean there's interviews with luthez talking about how billy graham is too flamboyant and silly like there's you know, there's always that with the, with the generational thing. It'll never it'll never change, and that's not exclusive to wrestling, as you mentioned. You can find that in political ideologies. You can find that in other entertainment genres. Um, yeah, that's, that's certainly not. Yeah, sports absolutely in sports. Uh, so it's not. It's it shouldn't be a big deal, but yeah, I was I was very very much reminded of uh, the the Osprey and Ricochet thing from last year and. 
And uh, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that happens like every six months. Some some wrestling clip goes viral, and it's a twenty second clip from a you know fifteen minute match, but it's all you know all everybody it's all anybody needed to uh, you know start going off on some rants about it. It's it's free content for the the Vince Russo and Ryback and Jim Cornette and Jerry Lawler podcasts, all of which I hope get canceled. <laughs> All right, but they won't. All right, so this class. This, uh, by, by the way, the young the young bucks and Omega did a spot very similar to that in their six man match on a New Japan show that I watched last week. That you know a fraction of the uh, the Twitter audience saw because they don't subscribe to New Japan. But it's like this is the young bucks do this stuff. Yeah, yeah. That that might be the whole part of it. This didn't seem any like particularly more egregious than or out of the ordinary, um, or over-choreographed than anything else that you see uh, when you watch a Young Bucks match. I think you just kind of, that's that's their thing. And as you said, it's, it's an evolution of an art form. All right, so this Clash of Champions show, which was uh, a de-evolution de- de- of an art form? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, there was certainly a lot of that on the show. The pre-show match, friend of the show, and at least until he listens to this, Mojo Raleigh, uh, <laughs> Defeated Zack Ryder in the pre-show. I didn't watch this, but um, I guess they cut good promos on each other on Twitter. Yeah, they both cut some very good promos that didn't make it on TV. Um, and then they had a any SmackDown match you've ever seen where Mojo worked a chin lock, Zack made a comeback. Mojo hit his stupid running punch into the corner to win the match. So uh, nothing, nothing spectacular. It's another... You know, Zack Ryder's lot in life will always be to get over guys who are arguably, or maybe not arguably, less talented than him. Um, so oh, there's no argument there. Mojo's less talented, I think, than anyone on the roster. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, no, he might be like he's he's Bo not. Dallas. I was thinking, yeah, Bo Curtis Axel. I mean, Curtis is probably a better worker than him, but I think. Mojo's a better promo than Curtis. So, um, yeah, Bo Dallas, he's, I, I don't hate Mojo, and we, we discussed this on Twitter. Ethan has a, a white-hot burning hatred for him. Uh, some of our other friends on Twitter love him. Uh, I feel nothing towards him. There is a, there's a cold blackness that enters my soul when Mojo Raleigh enters the screen, and I just feel nothing. I think our our Take Two Takedown friends, uh, the guys from Take Two Takedown, um, they have a love for Mojo because I think one or both of the, the Take Two guys went to uh, University of Maryland, and Mojo is a Terp also. So, like, if they're if that like you know if you have a bias there because you went to University of Maryland, okay. But like, I'm I'm from Maryland too, and i I don't like I don't like Mojo Raleigh like. People, I think what really bugs me about it is that people that should know better, like Rob Naylor on Twitter, who was Dusty's right hand in NXT and watches every bit of wrestling under the sun, um, loves Mojo. And it's like, he, you should know better, Rob. Mojo sucks. <laughs> like you should, stop trying to tell me, oh, he would just be so great if, if the... <laughs> The, the shackles of WWE creative were, were off of him. It's like, no, he sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, he's not very good. That's, that's kind of the long and short of it. I, 
I don't like I said. I think there are worse people on the roster, but I don't think there are a lot of people that are worse. A yield moan, in which case, okay. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not against personalities on the show. I think you could probably use more of them right now. But uh, yeah, I I mean I I mean anyone I think with a pair of eyes can see that he's somewhat erratic and unsafe in in the ring and. Um, I I wouldn't. Yeah, I. We'll we'll just file him under. We'll see. <laughs> you can. I'm gonna file him under. He sucks. <laughs> uh, the main show opened with a triple threat match for the U.S. title. Dolph Ziggler won the United States Championship. Why? So <laughs> why? Um. So I assume because they they personally wanted to uh, insult me. That's probably why they did it. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, Dolph Ziggler's the, I don't, I don't know. Is that his gold watch? He gets to win the stupid belt nobody cares about. Like they have to, they have to keep him a little bit over so that when they beat him like a drum for the next nine months that I guess it, in their minds, it means something, except I've seen him lose every high profile feud he's ever had. So, (laughs) yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it did seem completely out of nowhere. My thought is. They're pro- my it's just instinct that they're probably gonna do Baron Corbin and AJ Styles for the world title and oh. um so they just need they decided they didn't want to do title versus title so they they got the belt off of him um I mean I hope I'm wrong because I've seen Baron Corbin wrestle AJ Styles and it was less good than AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal so that's that's quite an indictment on Baron Corbin um. So I hope that's not, but that was just kind of, that was my initial instinct was, yeah, that probably means Baron's getting a world title shot soon. There was a fatal four way uh, tag match for the SmackDown titles. The highlight of the show is Rusev and English's promo before the match. It's Rusev Day, all that kind of stuff. The Usos retained the title. Chad Gable suplexed everybody out of the building. Gable was good in the match. The Usos were okay. The pre match stuff was good. The match, the rest of the match itself, uh, like, I don't know how you have a bad four-way with guys who halfway know what they're doing, let alone with a lot of guys that are good in it. But, hey, they managed to do it. <laughs> yeah, it just, it, for whatever reason, there wasn't, it didn't feel like there was a lot of uh, chemistry in that crew, which is weird because, you know, the New Day and, and Usos have had really great matches together all year. But uh, as far as... Uh, when it wasn't New Day and Usos, or as you mentioned, Chad Gable suplexing everybody, it just kind of felt like uh, just weren't they weren't on the same page. Part of the other thing is that they usually, when they do the four way tags, they just do two guys in the ring at once and do the weird everybody can tag everybody rule. Um, but for this, they decided to have four guys in the ring at once, and it was just kind of it just felt like guys. Uh, not the only match on the show where this happened, where the just the ring was very crowded, and it felt like guys were constantly looking over their shoulders to make sure when they, you know, we're going to whip a guy into the corner or something that the other two people in the ring weren't going to get in their way. This wouldn't be the only instance of a crowded ring on this show. Uh, Charlotte beat Natalia to retain the SmackDown women's title in a lumberjack match. The lumberjacks delivered some of the worst lumberjacking that I've ever seen in professional wrestling. I, uh, I, can't talk about Liv Morgan without sounding creepy. Uh, I'll just say I think she's miscast as a heel, 
and uh, her offense didn't look particularly good outside the ring. And seeing Sarah Logan sell for Lana, oh, what? What? See the part where Liv accidentally punched Sarah? I saw that on Twitter when Liv or somebody was taking shots at Becky. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what. I don't know what's going on, man. Twitter beefs are lame. <laughs> like, you learn nothing else from this show in the entire year that our listener has listened. Just remember that, everybody. Twitter beefs are lame, and they don't help anybody. Charlotte, Charlotte and Natty have had a lot of good matches. This was not one of them. No, it wasn't. And then Natty cut a weird promo afterwards and tried to fake cry and... It was not good. Um, Seemed so. like they might be hinting at retirement or something for her. Yeah, I, I guess. I just like I like Natalia. I think she's had some good matches. Um, I mean, there was a time when she was like one of two or three actual like decent professional wrestlers in that women's division. But I, I just I. She's been, as she pointed out, she's been on on our television screens for like ten years now, and I just, I don't, I don't really need to see her. Like, I don't, and I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be mean about that. I just, she doesn't. There's really not a lot she can do at this point that's really going to interest me. And a potentially fake retirement angle is not, it's not, it's not doing anything for me. The Bludgeon Brothers beat the Fashion Police. I can't believe that we really haven't talked much about the Bludgeon Brothers yet on this program. <laughs> this, well they're they're kind of awesome but i i don't know why this was on pay-per-view why was this total squash on pay-per-view well this was the finale to the like 83 month fashion files storyline um <laughs> yeah it was uh it was a minute long and it was it felt like yes yeah, something you would see at like nine thirty-five on any episode of smackdown um just uh it's just it was just there i don't i i my feeling just based on the fact that they had the usos beat everybody else is that they're probably going to do the bludgeon brothers and the usos for a couple of months which uh, i mean i've seen those guys have matches before and they were good so not not the worst idea or anything but uh it's just one of the things like the usos are feel very real to me in in that way that there's i mean they're it feels like they're playing themselves uh, turned up to eleven or, or whatever the the Jericho adage is, and then like they're gonna be in here with these freaking cartoon characters. Uh, I mean, not that the New Day aren't cartoony either, but cartoonish in a different way. Um, um, we're, I guess we're supposed to take them seriously, but like, are they gonna hit people with those hammers at some point? Is that? <laughs> Because my thought would be they should get DQ'd <laughs> in every single match. They should be DQ'd <laughs> for bludgeoning. <laughs> That's highlighted this show in 2017 for me. <laughs> <laughs> DQ for bludgeoning. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Well, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beat Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura with Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon as guest refs <laughs> were both in the ring at the same time. <laughs> Daniel Bryan might have turned heel. They couldn't even provide any resolution for that. They might have gotten more into that on SmackDown this week. I'm not sure. Um, but 
Oh, are they just trying to turn Daniel Bryan heel and trying to take away any potential value that he might have to another promotion or an in you know to the outside wrestling world before his contract expires? Uh, I mean, potentially, um, but I've got I've got some news for them. If that's the case, uh, everybody cheered Bryan and booed Shane McMahon uh, during that finish. So. Nobody, nobody. I mean, nobody wants to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn fired because they're the two most entertaining guys on the show every week. But yeah, I mean, they. I was. I mean, I. I. I adore the city of Boston for for being one of the first since he came back to really just boo the crap out of Shane McMahon. It it warmed my heart. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what. Why else you try to to turn him? Um, I don't. I don't think anybody's going to boo him. But. If you think that maybe trying to turn him heel will, I don't know, temper his reactions. I mean, if 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 Daniel Bryan Bryan Danielson go goes back on the indie scene uh, in a year, it doesn't matter like what he did, what his last appearance in WWE was. I mean, he's gonna people are gonna watch that show. So I I question their thought process on that, but I mean that makes as much sense of anything based on what they've done for the last uh, you know month or so, right? Yes, indeed. And, you know, I can't let a podcast by, uh, go by without mentioning Sasha Banks. So you mentioned, and you mentioned Boston and heels being uh, the best performers on the show. Austin was talking with her about whether she prefers being a heel or a baby face. And she's like, well, I used to say heel, but then I see all these little girls dressed up as me at these shows. And I like being a baby face for that. I'm still learning how to be a baby, a baby face. But really, I think in our world that the heels are like cool and kick ass. So the heels are really the baby faces. And I'm like, yes, she figured <laughs> it out. It's <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> like <laughs> up and down this show, all of the heels cut these cool promos and they kick ass and they get their hand raised. And the baby faces are whine and and break the rules and like it's everything is so bass backwards there right now. I mean, yeah, that's it's. I mean, it's good that maybe people there have picked up on it. Uh, that's that's encouraging, I guess. But yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's, and we've talked about that all year. Um, that they they sort of for a lot of the top guys, they kind of have almost stopped doing more traditional baby face and heel roles and just let guys like Braun and Roman. Uh, I mean, you can tell the guy who are the top guys are supposed to be because they're protected, but you know, based on the reactions that they get when they go out, I mean, Samoa Joe is, I guess, officially technically a bad guy, but you know, on this week's Raw, he got one of the biggest reactions on the whole show and the people were more into him than they were Seth Rollins or, or Dean Ambrose for that matter. It's it's so it's it's it, it yeah, it's absolutely I mean Samoa Joe is I'm not not to say Samoa Joe isn't awesome or isn't a great wrestler, but yes, theoretically he's the bad guy. And people are you know, people were way more into him than they were into the actual good guys, into the you know, the reunited shield is is in the ring and they're and the crowd's chanting for Joe. Like that says something about just how wrestling works now. Then the main event of this show had AJ Styles retaining the WWE Championship over Jinder Mahal. AJ was just going out there having an AJ Styles pay-per-view match, throwing himself all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) 
to absolutely no reaction from the crowd. I think they finally did one near fall after Jinder hit him with the Coloss late in the match. I think they finally got the crowd, and the crowd uh, popped when it looked like uh, Jinder was going to get out of the calf crusher, and then Styles rolled through and kept the hold applied. And uh, I don't know... I didn't. I thought AJ was trying, but I didn't even think this was this was as good as their SmackDown match, you know, three weeks ago or whenever that was. Um, so I was a little disappointed, but I don't know what you can do with Ginger. Go first of all, I don't know what you can do with him going forward, and second of all, it's really hard to have a good match with him. So I, I don't put any of this on AJ. He is definitely out there trying to kill himself and trying to have a good match. What do you think in the main event? Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a wrestling match. They told a very basic story that Jinder is big and muscular and strong, and AJ is smaller and quicker, and it's, it was, it was fine. I, I mean, I, I can't say I didn't like it or anything, but it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was just, it was just okay. It's on the low end of, you know, of AJ Styles matches I've ever seen, um, but it's probably on the high end for you know the best Ginger Mahal match I've ever seen, other than probably his other match with AJ. Um, but yeah, it does it does appear that the the experiment is over, as the phrase has been on uh, going around on Twitter for the last month. I mean, I guess I mean I guess we kind of knew that when Hunter beat him clean in India, <laughs> and then gave. <laughs> And then that interview, and I know this is old news, and everybody already, anybody who listens to this probably already read what Hunter said about how, well, man, I'm just, I'm just so over there. Like Hunter was, Hunter was doing his aw shucks <laughs> Uncle Paul interview, but he couldn't help just talk about how popular he was, how much more popular he was than Jinder or any of any of the current stars. Like he just had to talk about that for, for a while. Um, but yes, I mean, I think we kind of figured that the gender experiment was over. And I mean, at least his time as the world champion or as the main eventer, I think, is done. I think there's an outside chance he still rest, he might still wrestle John Cena at WrestleMania. But uh, I don't, obviously, it's not going to be for the title, it appears. Well, that was the Clash of Champions show. Name doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, for 2017, uh, one last item here, 205 Live is going to be a touring brand, and it's going to be the Cruiserweights and Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy on top. For some <laughs> and Nia Jax will probably be there as well. This is an awful idea. Why are they doing this? I guess just to give the 205 Live guys who don't get on TV a couple extra paydays. I don't. I mean, I'm sure it's not out of the goodness of their heart. I think they're to me, it feels like they're trying to like fish or cut bait. Like, I think they're thinking about it, and obviously they're they're moving two hundred five live to an even later time now with this Facebook show that's going to be airing. There's they've been sending out surveys asking why people don't watch it, and I, to me, it feels like we're we might be getting near the end of this cruiserweight experiment, and. Uh, so this maybe is the little last ditch effort to see if hey maybe we can you know turn it into another sort of NXT size promotion and you know and and do little shows you know in front of five hundred people or whatever but uh, yeah I I don't know I, but then obviously they don't have they don't have much faith in it because they're they're putting Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt on those shows 
um, I guess just to try to see what their what type of hardcore audience they can pull in. Ugh. Ugh. Well, all right, that's it. Uh, that's all I have. Do you have anything else before we get out of here for our uh, last show of 2017? Well, I guess we can just briefly touch on by the time, uh, uh, before our, probably before our, our first show of 2018 airs, um, the Tokyo Dome show will have happened. Are you feeling on the, on the brighter side of the wrestling world? Let's try to end on a happier note. <laughs> Chris, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega have done some awesome angles over the last few weeks to build up their match. You've got Naito and Okada, which I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I can't imagine any scenario where that isn't great. Um, you've got four way with the super, with the, uh, for the junior heavyweight title. It's like, I, I'm, I'm excited for wrestle kingdom. Now, now that you're sort of as as part of your job for for Figure Four Online, are required to view it. Are you still are you feeling excited for Wrestle Kingdom? Does it feel more like a job to you now to watch it? It it never feels like a job. Like that's how you know. Uh, by the way, that's how you know your work is good <laughs> when it, it never feels like a job. Um, I'm not sure that I would be watching as much as I have been if I didn't have to, sure. but like, it's all so simple and I can, you know, before I watched two new, new Japan shows a year and I picked it up a month ago and it didn't take me any time to get caught up on whatever storylines are going on because there really aren't many storylines. It's just like the, the top guys wrestle each other <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's some reason that there there's some reason that they're feuding or there are very simple angles occasionally but it's just it's just good matches it's a lot of good matches and it's it never feels like work and it, i never dread <laughs> i never dread watching it like i dreaded watching this class show and it's like <laughs> I, I love wwe you know what i mean i spent i've spent 30 years <laughs> watching it and investing my time right. in it and and following it and it's you know it's not that it sounds very corny but it's woven into the fabric of my life like uh, sure. my, my memories and my childhood and now well into adulthood now it's just like <laughs> it's been a, a, a giant part of my life for my entire life and i love it but it feels like a chore sometimes and new japan has not felt that way at all yet I'm worried a little bit that with Jericho getting involved here, I mean, this is very good for Jericho and it's good for them in the short term. I don't know what the long-term benefit is uh, to new Japan for bringing Jericho in. Like I feel like Jericho and the bucks and, eh, and Omega to a degree they're, they're like, they're using the company. And I mean, it's just so strange to see that that kind of, balance of power shifted it's the wrestlers are kind of running the asylum there and i feel like that's probably the case with ring of honor too it's like ring of honor is just the new japan guys <laughs> uh you know it's a showcase for cody and the bucks and the new japan guys um, ring of honor let let the young bucks and adam page play out some storyline for their youtube show where Adam Page got kidnapped by WWE and was forced to watch 205 live or something like they let like he he came out on pay per view like with his hand tied and his his hands tied and his mouth duct taped and like the announcers start talking about this you know their YouTube show and how uh, so it's like yeah they just kind of let those guys and 
I mean, they're bringing in the biggest houses that ROH has ever had, so I'm sure they're not complaining. But I mean, there's probably something you could you could uh, think might be uh, in the long term could be could be some diminishing returns coming back on just kind of letting, as you said, sort of the the inmates run the asylum. Sure, but yeah, Naito and Okada is going to be great. Okada is probably the best wrestler in the well. It's either Okada or Will Ospreay in my mind. It is the best wrestler in the world right now. Will Ospreay, as far as moves, Will Ospreay's the best wrestler in the world. Um, so he'll be on that show in that four-way, too. So that's that's good times. Uh, yeah, so looking forward to Tokyo Dome, and maybe we'll talk about that on our first show of the new year or our second show of the new year. I'm not sure. But uh, this is our final show of 2017. So uh, we did... 29 shows in year one. We did 29 shows in year two. We did 41 shows in our third year. And in this, our fourth year, we have now done 42 shows. So we've <laughs> up, upped our output over uh, over years one, two, and three. So thanks for coming along for the ride, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Uh, that's all I got. You got anything else, Liam? Uh, no, that's, that's kind of reiterating. We love our listener. So from myself, from Ethan, from our intern, Archie, and uh, from our former intern, Chip, who is dead, uh, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and a Happy Holiday season to you and your family. So until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we're back in 2018 with more stories from the wrestling life. Happy Holidays. Christmas is always my favorite time of year. And I'm glad you're here in my living room to enjoy it. <laughs> Mrs. Claus must have made the cocoa this year. <laughs> now, at Christmas time, we all have our favorite things, but mine is singing Christmas carols. My favorite Christmas carol, I'm a little embarrassed, but it's the the 12 days of Christmas. But I, I have something special for you because not only are we all going to do it together, I have the number one fan in the world of the Roddy Piper President Club. His name is Craig. Craig, come on in here. Hi, Craig. Hi Mr. Rowdy. Piper, Mr. Piper. Roddy, Roddy. Yeah, Roddy. Roddy. You look great. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for coming. Say hello. Hi. Night, night. So what we're going to do is, is Grandma up? Okay, cool. Now, we're going to sing the 12 days of Christmas. Okay? So are you going to start us out? Okay. Okay. Uh, just one more time. You did that twice in a row. That was good. Okay. <clears throat> On the first day of Christmas, Roddy Piper gave to me <laughs> a sleeper hole just for you. Got eleven more of these. <laughs> On the second day of Christmas, Roddy Piper gave to me. <laughs> Two nipple twins. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave a mark. <laughs>
and a sleeper hold for you. Get up. You know, you know, maybe we should just go to the end because Christmas will be gone by the time we get through the song and it's so much fun, okay? So get Granny up and, and, and let here we go. We'll just start at 12. On the 12th day of Christmas, Roddy Piper gave to me 12 headlocks, 11 kidney shots. Ten head butts. Just relax. Nine elbow smashes. Eight uppercuts. Seven low blows. Six close lines. Five Three terror shots. Two nipple twisties. And a sleeper hold just for you. Merry Christmas. May all your dreams come true. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. I mean, I feel like we're going to talk for an hour on the year in review show, so let's talk for like 10 minutes on the this week's show. Good times. Let me pull up the wiki page. Yeah, I would be thrilled if we get out of here uh, in 10 minutes. Minimal, minimal talk about Survivor Series 2007, please. <laughs> All right, I'm pulling up the wiki page here. Got any uh, bonus, uh, anything going on in your life worthy of uh, bonus content? I bought a car. Cool. What kind of car? It's a 2018 Toyota Corolla. Okay, cool. uh, It's not really what I wanted. I was looking for a used car. But uh, fun fact for for all the kids listening, 
um, when Toyota is the one that finances your loan or your uh, finances your buying of the car, uh, they get to pick what you buy. So, ah. and I don't think they wanted to sell me a. I, I mean, I assume it's partially because uh, my credit's fine, but I right. don't have any buying history. So, it's, if they have to come repossess my car, it's easier to you know to sell a 2018 car with 500 miles on it than it would be to sell you know a 2009 uh, whatever. So, okay. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been exciting. So I've I've immediately had to drive it up to York, my one of my least favorite places in the world, York, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, there's so I I go up eighty three to get there. So it's an interstate for those not on the east coast. Um, and it's it was on. A, I went up there a bunch last year. Where it's this month long event. It's every day of the week, seven days a week, all through December. It's a Christmas event. Uh, that we sponsored. Great. Uh, so I drive up 83 every, like three or four times a week, every week for a month. And last year I did this and there's a big chunk of 83 right before I get off. That's under construction and the lanes are all crooked and weird. And anyway, um, and, uh, it's under construction. It's just kind of a mess and it's just annoying. And they, they made the speed limit like 40 miles an hour. So it takes like, takes me like an extra 15 minutes to get out of York PA, which is 15 more minutes than I want to spend ever in York PA. And uh, so coming up this year, and wouldn't you know it, one entire year later, that stretch of 83 still under construction. <laughs> like, what, 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 and it doesn't look, it doesn't look any better. It's like, I'm just like, have you... <laughs> Was there a strike? Was there? <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't want, I don't claim to know what what the logistics of, of repaving a highway or whatever it is they're doing, but but my God, shut up, crush. Um, <laughs> but my God, uh, I just, I just, I hate York. I hate driving to York, and I'm going to be doing it tomorrow and Wednesday and probably Saturday. So <sighs> I'm just. Just, just hate so. But at least I'm driving up in my own car because there was one night that I went up where I had to uh, get a ride to the office and then drive a really rickety uh, work van that didn't have uh, one of the rear view mirrors. So oh. side side view mirrors. Um, Fine. So, so driving my own car up is at least that's that's the silver lining in in all of this. But it's just just a hate <laughs> hate. Driving through Pennsylvania, and I specifically hate driving to York, Pennsylvania. Yeah. You ready, Paul? All right. Uh, if you ask me, the best thing about the holidays is uh, the visit from our next guest, who is nice enough to come on the show every year and do this for us. You'll be able to see this woman at the Danny Kay Playhouse right here in Manhattan. And now, ladies and gentlemen, get ready. Hang on to something. Please welcome Darlene Love.
Keep on keeping on. 